There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Yo, we're back with... Oh, so is Nora. Nora the cat just keeps jumping up on the table. Yeah, we're back. Uh, guys, I had a lovely holiday. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was so chilled. Nice to have some time off. Yes. Sorry that we didn't produce a podcast. It was a brief hiatus. It was a brief hiatus. Also, did you know that Infertile Mafia were also having the week off? Really? Yeah. Oh, the Western Hemisphere was without an infertility podcast. Oh, uh, there's others. But our friend Kat did launch her Finally Pregnant podcast. Yes, for those in that situation. Yes, for those who are in a place to listen to that. So you should give that a listen. Mm. Um, Or should have, while we were off. Yeah, but now you can stop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes. Um, Jokes, jokes. Um, Yeah, it's been been a nice little break, hasn't it? It's been an an absolute delight. Um, But we missed you. We did. We did. Definitely did. Massively. Um, so it feels like ages ago now, but after the last episode, um, we had quite a few people get in touch about BPAs. Ooh, fun I was, subject. Yes. I was talking about um, going and buying a BPA-free water bottle from mm-hmm. John Lewis. And um, basically, the received wisdom is, and I was wrong, because I was just buying BPA-free plastic, and I thought that that was okay. It's not, Gabrielle. But it's, well, if... So if you are trying to avoid BPAs, you should also probably avoid BPA-free plastic because there's no, the, there's no research to say that that is any healthier than plastic that does have BPAs in it. Mm-hmm. So basically it seems that plastic is, to be fair, just best avoided okay. if that's what you're trying to do. So if you want to, it's glass and metal that's actually best. Um, just on the water bottle front, I've got a really good one made by a company called Chili's. Oh, yeah. They can sponsor us if they want. Um, <laughs> and it keeps water so cold for yeah. such a long time. Is that why it's called Chili's? Yeah, but the pic- it's a picture of a chili. Okay. So I don't know if they're doing a thing there, a wordplay oh, thing. Yeah. Got no idea. Yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is, like, I, I really like it. You'd recommend that one? I would strongly recommend it. It's quite lightweight. Yeah. Um, and it just, just astonishingly impressively keeps water for cold for a long time and this is not an advert guys wow 
It feels like this one. This is just it? brand loyalty. This is just adoration. Yeah. I just, you know, when you get a product and you're like, this is a good product. This is a great product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That. Good. Yeah. Um, I guess I just one last thing because someone else got in touch and, um, and was saying that sometimes when she listens to our podcast, she feels like she's not doing enough. Like, because she hasn't given up some of the things we talk about giving up and she's not doing, she's not buying BPA-free water bottles. And I just wanted to say, like, I think it's a very personal preference. If that's, yeah. you know, a lot of us going through this, you know, want to do what we can and, we, you know, we do the research and that these are the kind of things that come up. If that's not your bag, that's not your bag. Don't worry about it. I think mainly a lot of those things just make you feel like you're more in control of something yeah. that you just can't have any control over. Which is absolutely fine. Um, and I gave up a load of stuff and like started only eating organic and blah, 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 blah. Um, and during that time, <laughs> had three of my cycles cancelled. And then when I was a bit more like chilled about it, that's when like I had a successful cycle. Mm. So, and I'm not attributing that. I'm not being like, oh yeah, I was more relaxed. It's just, it's, that's how it worked out. Mm. Like it was just the randomness of life. So don't feel bad if you're not doing it. And equally, if you are doing it, that's that's great. Like, yeah. I think it's personal preference, each to their own. It's marginal gains, isn't it? I think, yeah, potentially. It's not going to like radically transform whether or not a cycle works. No, probably not. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because it was something that got a lot of attention and, yeah. you know... Guys, there's no judgment here. No judgment. This is a judgment-free space. Absolutely. Like, do what you need to do or don't want to do. Yeah. Exactly. I had a glass of wine before my transfer. Do you remember? You were there. I was there, mate. I remember it very well. 24 hours ahead, I was like, get the vino down me. <laughs> and it helped. I was reading, by, um, I was, somebody did a post today that um, she was like, I, I'm pregnant. And I was like, and she was like, <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, um, <clears throat> despite me I oh she was like I'm not taking care of myself as well as I should have recently I've been drinking a coffee a day oh my god and I was like god forbid a coffee a day isn't that what the NHS like recommends yeah. you can do when yeah, you're pregnant absolutely yeah so I yeah I mean just like just just do what you feel you should do yeah exactly Right, we've gone on about that for a long time, yeah, haven't we? we? Yeah. Right, well, I suppose um, we should talk about today's guest. Today's guest is the lovely Becky Kearns. Lovely Becky Kearns. She is lovely. AKA Defining Mum. Yeah. If you follow her on Insta or her blog. Yeah, notable things about her. She is very outspoken about egg donation because she's got three girls through egg donation. She is. Um, she's also outspoken about um, early menopause because she's kind of had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, she's the founder of Fertility Support Saturday. Yeah. Which is a kind of way of spreading the word and making everybody feel a bit more supported. Yeah, sharing sharing different people's stories who yeah. are going through infertility or baby loss, etc. And kind of helping people to feel less alone. Yeah. She's a powerhouse, really, isn't she? She is a bit of a powerhouse. Also, she's got really great hair, and I can't emphasize that enough. She does have great hair. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's important to draw your attention to her hair. Yeah, because I, I mean, do we have a photo? I don't know if we do. <laughs> I think we took a selfie afterwards when we went yeah. to the, for some dinner. Yeah, so you're not gonna be able to see her hair in it very well. You're gonna have to go to her Instagram and look at her. <laughs> hair. 
I just wanted to reach out and stroke it while we were interviewing. <laughs> yeah. But it seems rude. It's not appropriate in this no. situation, I don't yeah. think. So I didn't. Um, and then we spoke to Professor Tim. We did, yes. And we spoke to him about stopping IVF drugs. Yeah. Um, which can be different for everyone, basically. We've had a few messages about it, asking yeah. about it. Um, I stopped at 12 weeks. I'm about to stop at 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, but some people stop at different times. Some people stop at 10 weeks and then freak out. And they're like, why, are they cl- my, why is my clinic doing this to me? Mm. Some people stop at two weeks. Yeah. Or four weeks. Whatever. It's a very strange yeah. place. Drugs. You know? Drugs, yeah. And, uh, like, they're not the most pleasant thing. No. No one enjoys it. No one enjoys it. But, yeah. So we asked about that. Yeah. And I guess that's it, really. It is. Other than that, you could follow us on our Instagram. At Big Fat Negative. On Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. On Facebook. Big Fat Negative. Or you could email us. Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram because I still don't have as many followers as Gabby. Happy if I never. Wow. Um, <laughs> this is a real. This is, the competition is heating up, guys. It's not heating up because well, you know. I'm not getting many followers. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> Also, you could rate and review us. Oh, that would be lovely. Wherever you get your podcasts, but especially Apple Podcasts. Yes. That boosts us up a little chart. Boosts us in the charts. Boosts us in the charts. That was a bit high-low. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I listened to the high-low too much. Oh, yeah. And thanks to Emma, who wrote into the high-low. Oh, my God. And got us God. a shout-out. Yeah. You not only have a great name. <laughs> But you're an absolute hero. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. It was really, it was really nice to hear them um, say nice things about us. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. And if you um, didn't catch that, you can always tune in. Um, it's it's the episode where they interview Bryony Gordon. Yes, who's another one of my faves. So yeah. great episode. Yeah. So other than that, please enjoy the podcast. Enjoy. What an absolute delight to have you. I'm delighted to be here, thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like it's well overdue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it does seem like a while since we connected. Yeah. Was it Fertility Support Saturday when I yeah. sent you a random message on yes, a Sunday night? Which thank we're going to talk about later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we start, obviously, we're going to ask you to tell us about your journey. My journey. Journey. It's amazing. You talk about your journey and it makes it sound so simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a walk to the shop. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was uh, 28 when I found out I was um, going through early menopause effectively. So I, um, we started trying for a baby and you think it'll be really easy. Uh, Came off the pill and I found that my periods were kind of coming every two weeks or so so right. sometimes it'd be 12 days sometimes it'd be 20 days but wow. never any longer than that so I was thinking to myself well that's not enough time to ovulate and get pregnant it's yeah. also just not really fair that you have to deal with tampons no, that's that's it. It. no. and that's the one much. thing you think when you're going through early menopause you think you'd probably like escape some periods and <laughs> <laughs> have twice as many as everybody else so so that was kind of the reason I went to the doctors in the mm-hmm. first place and I got pushed away a couple of times saying, you're really young, it's just your body settling down off the pill. Um, but I persevered because I like to have answers and I like to know what's going on. And finally, they did a blood test on day three of my cycle, so FSH, to um, test that hormone to see whether it should be within a normal range, mm. which is below 10. And I had a text back from the doctors that said, yeah, it's all, all, all normal, just a oh. standard, your blood results are normal. So okay. I thought, oh, great, okay, nothing to worry about. 
And then later on in that day, because I'd been reading so much on it, I just thought to myself, I wonder how normal they are. And I just, yeah. I just had this like niggle that I wanted to see my results. So I phoned the doctors and I said, look, can I have a copy? The receptionist said, yeah, come and pick it up tonight. The Friday of bank holiday. I actually Great. think it's probably five years ago today because it was May bank holiday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because we are just that recording before the first May bank holiday. We yes. are on the Friday. Yeah, so that's just reminded me actually. Wow. So I picked them up, sat in my car, opened it up, expecting just to see a normal figure. And it said 17, which I thought to myself, hmm, that is higher than I've read it should be, particularly at my age. So raced home, Dr. Google, <laughs> you know what you do. Yeah. Classic. Spent the whole weekend in tears um, because I okay. basically convinced myself. I, di- I diagnosed myself and I thought that that's just not right. Uh-huh. Got involved in all the forums and you know what it's like. It's yeah. Like not the best thing to do. No. Yeah. But with it being bank holiday, I had no, no sort of access yeah, <gasps> to the GP and it was the Wednesday before I got to speak to him and his response was oh yeah that that's not normal is it sorry I thought you had it done mid-cycle and I thought well that would have been pointless mid-cycle so it was yeah it was a bit annoying annoying that that was how I and all he did was rather than give me an answer he just said let's redo them um but in which time I'd found a private consultant because I thought I just want to get answers and yeah and then went to see him and he kind of sat me down and said, look, this is what it looks like. We'll obviously redo your blood test and we'll do an AMH as well. Um, so after all that, it was diagnosed and they said to, he said to me, look, I was in the room on my own, actually. I don't think I expected it to be that big yeah. of news. You mm-hmm. kind of just think, oh. And suddenly he was on the phone to the IVF clinic whilst I was what? in there. Um, he was He's a lovely man, actually. I'm still in contact with him now. And he like, gave me his number and said, look, anything you need, just call me. And he kind of took me under his wing, phoned the, um, the clinic and said, look, how quickly can we get her in? Because um, she's not, well, we think she's not got many eggs left. So we need to get her on an IVF cycle soon. And um, yeah, within six weeks, I was in the clinic and oh my uh, started oh. my first IVF cycle. So... That was quite a big jump from yeah. going from, yeah, we're just trying naturally, see yeah. what happens, to suddenly you need IVF. Um, yeah, God, psychologically. Yeah, it was huge. But in, in my head, I kind of thought, oh, at least something's been done. And yeah. I was like, I'm only happy when I was going through IVF when I, something was happening. So yeah, absolutely. for me, that was probably good. But um, And we went through the first cycle, like, it was a bit of a breeze in a way compared to, I think, probably not knowing much about IVF was yeah. probably yeah. a good thing. So I kind of followed what they, what I needed to do, and I, I was told I probably wouldn't get many eggs, and um, they actually got five on the first one, which was that's really good bad. for my AMH. Yeah. yeah, so we were like result and uh, uh, three fertilized, but then I think only one made it to day three, so yeah. they put that back, and then I found out I was pregnant. So you know, you think, oh gosh, this was yeah, it was a bit easy. tough, but yeah, easy yeah, in yeah. comparison to what I thought. And and then I didn't really think much else of it because again I was really naive and didn't yeah. really know much beyond that. I thought that was it. I was pregnant. That was yeah. it. I was planning due day everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was a few weeks later. I started to get some pain, so I just thought, oh, I'll just go and get checked out of the hospital. And um, they did a scan for me the following day, and yeah, there was not much there. So not what they expected. Mm. It was just an empty sack. So, you know, when you're told you've got to wait another week. Yeah. So, yeah, so we went back and it had grown, but not as much as they thought. So they wanted to give it a little bit longer, oh which God. just, it just prolongs it all, doesn't it? And Pregnancy you read everything. Limbo. Yeah. And I, I remember finding this um, 
website called Misdiagnosed Miscarriage. And I see I was almost trying to convince myself that I'd got my uteruses in a certain position so that they couldn't see it and that maybe uh, there was some hope that it was all okay. But yeah. but it wasn't in the end. And, mm. and it lasted another three weeks because I ended up going through natural they tried to let it happen naturally which it didn't then I had um, the medical management which started to work but then didn't so then I had to have the surgery so it was and really medical management is just a pill right uh, it's like, like a pessary just a pill. yeah like a pessary, a pessary. yeah okay. so not very pleasant oh, so um, and I kind of wish I'd have known from the beginning that like if I was going to have to have the surgery anyway I'd rather have just yeah. had yeah. that done and, and not carried it. it for three weeks yeah and that's the thing because it it's hard with work as well and you're having to mm. plan it. Yeah, your whole life's on hold, really. And then yeah. you think to yourself, oh, gosh, we got th- we went through all of that IVF and we were so lucky to get that one embryo. Mm. We've got to do it all over again if we want to get get to that point. So so that was quite a... That was a massive thing, really, mm-hmm. and it, it took a lot out of me. But I think my reaction afterwards, I think part of my grieving was I need to just start doing something again. I couldn't just sit and wait, especially when someone says to you, your eggs are running out yeah. and you've got to yeah, do something yeah. now. You think any month, any cycle, you think is a waste. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, We were told to wait a little bit after the miscarriage, but then uh, oh, I had a lovely nurse in the um, hospital that said to me, oh, you know, you're a bit more fertile after you've had a miscarriage. Oh, God, oh, Just wow. go away on holiday. And my husband was like, just read the notes. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. just those what not to say. But <sighs> yeah, and I think when someone, they see you and you're young and they think that's, that's kind of it. And, yeah, of yeah, course. And you're in your late 20s. But so yeah, we, we went through that and then we went through another like four cycles after that. Um, we tried some natural cycles where if my FSH was at a lower level, because it fluctuates each month, yeah. um, they basically chased the egg. So I kept going in for no stims, but just following the follicle. Mm-hmm. And at the point they thought I was going to ovulate, they would take that egg and I was told that that would give me a better chance because there were no drugs involved. So yeah. the egg should be a better quality. Um but they none of them worked. So, mm. but I think because I got pro- pregnant on the first cycle, that probably prolonged. Of course, yeah, because yeah, you've got that length of glimpse time. of hope. So yeah, you're like, you well, think, it's happened once before. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. So, um, and to be honest, donor eggs came up at the beginning, and I always yeah. had it in the back of my mind, but I'd not really let myself go too far with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did after the miscarriage. With, I, I thought to myself, I need to do something. And I dragged Matt along to a donor conception information evening at a local clinic. Okay. Which was probably one of the worst things we could have done. Oh, because God. we just weren't in the right place. No, so. not ready. Um, and um, it was it was run by the clinic itself. And it, to be honest, it wasn't really what anyone needed to hear. It was... Um, quite funny actually when we reflect on it now but there was um a guy there with his mum and he was conceived through donor sperm which okay. i thought great so you get to hear from the perspective that of is the parent and yeah. the child yeah um and it was great to hear him talk so openly about it and mm-hmm. how comfortable he was about it but throughout the whole um session he referred to his dad as colin rather than dad oh, no. and that really stuck with me because i thought well, well his dad who'd raised him yeah yeah mm. so it i thought well if you're trying to say that it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't impact your relationships fatherly role then yeah so that kind of got to me as well because I think at the time I was thinking oh will they think that I'm the real mom and things like that um and then there was a lady who stood up and and spoke about the fact that she'd had egg donation and she basically said 
well, actually, I was really, I was quite happy to have egg donation because I don't like my family. Um, so they've not got any links with my family and I, I really hate my nose. So at least he's not got my oh, nose. Wow. And that they were the things that all I heard. And we, we were sat there, we walked out in the end because we just I, couldn't. I don't like, see myself in any of those no, people. Like It that's wasn't not, relatable. Yeah. And they weren't in the position we were in where we were kind of forced into having to think about this other option that seems such an alien concept. I mean, I'd never even considered that people donated their eggs before, like, no. before I even had to think about it. So, I mean, I guess you, like, yes. you read about it in, like, women's magazines. Yeah, and so. yeah. And you don't see what it's really like. And, yeah. and all these questions go through your mind and questions that people ask me now, like, will I feel like the mom? And, yeah. And yeah. Uh, will people look at us together and go they don't she doesn't look like the real mom and things like that it's just oh god yeah and it's all society's view and that of what a family is and what you're grown up to kind of believe mm. will happen because there's no reason for you not to think that you're not going to have your own genetic child so it's yeah it's, it's a hard one to process and I think I'd after that meeting I kept it in the back of my mind but I didn't let myself go too far with it because mm-hmm, I wasn't yeah. quite sure it kind of sent me backwards more yeah. than helped. Um, and it definitely sent Matt backwards. So he right. was quite against the idea for a while. Um, and so and she, what happened? So when did so, when did it start to come back? Um, it came back. So this was after, I think, four cycles. We'd started, we got married. We decided to stop putting our lives on hold. And we were like, why are we just waiting? Because we could be waiting forever. Yeah, Let's just yeah. get married and have something positive to focus on. So... So that gave us a little bit of a break from the IVF because we didn't want to be going through a cycle mm-hmm. um, at that time. And we were actually on honeymoon when we started to really like kind of talk about it a bit more. And I'd been doing a bit more research on clinics and, and things like that. And finally, one night, Matt just said, why don't we, well, let's just do it. Like, And I'd started thinking more about kind of what did I want from being a mum? And yeah. Yeah. actually, that would give me everything I wanted um and I'd also met a lady online who um whose story I shared this week actually Sarah who I met with and I saw her relationship with her little boy um conceived through egg donation Mm. it just totally changed everything for me it was like just seeing a positive reality that it can it's normal like they've got no different relationship and yeah it's a mother and her son that's exactly it and you wouldn't look at them and think they're not related Mm. or anything because it's the bond they have yeah and share and and so and also the other thing that was a bit of a turning point was before we went away on honeymoon um the doctors we were sat down having one of our um kind of reviews after things didn't work Mm. and matt's very numbers driven and he's very factual and kind of and he wanted to know percentage chances so he really pushed the consultant on okay, okay what's our percentage chances with own eggs and also with donor and um, he said look you've probably got about a five percent chance with your oh. eggs so it doesn't mean you can't and mm, yeah but everything but and then we started to think a little bit more about okay well, that's five percent chance it might work but also a 95 percent chance that it won't and you think about That's odds and yeah. when you're putting thousands of pounds on it. It's the turmoil as well that you're putting yeah. yourself through. That was it. And emotionally, I was just kind of at the end of mm. what mm-hmm. I could deal with because we'd had so many cycles in such a short space of time as well. Um, and so we, yeah, we made the decision on honeymoon, really. And then I started contacting some clinics and kind of, I almost interviewed them over Skype because um, we decided to go abroad. Yeah. Um, and we found a clinic in Prague that we really kind of, 
felt a connection with and the, mm-hmm. they've got a lovely coordinator who uh, answered my questions really quickly and you know all the things you want and we went out uh, to see them I think it was just after we got back from honeymoon we went out just for one night to to Prague and had a consultation and we were wandering around Prague the next like sort of that afternoon before we flew home and we were just like this is really bizarre <laughs> really bizarre yeah like are we sure we want to do this are we sure are we sure we we got home and actually at that time I was in the middle of another natural cycle because I'd have had a really low FSH so it, I, it kind of overlapped a bit. Yeah. I didn't like make the decision and just go right. We're yeah. going out to, out to yeah. Prague and we're just going to do it. I suddenly had a low FSH and I thought, well, if I don't do it, if I don't try again, mm. then so I was still kind of hoping yeah. on my eggs. And and when we spoke to the consultant in Prague, it was a bit like, why are you here? Because. <sighs> you're doing IVF with your own eggs still um and I was kind of like but then I was able to get in my head that if this one didn't work yeah you had an option comfortable yeah yeah you need a backup you do you do need a plan b my mum always said that to me she was like you need a plan b yeah Yeah. absolutely and and that was I think that kept me going actually having that plan b that I knew that donor eggs were always on the table yeah and Mm -hmm. that would give me the still the same thing of being a mum and and actually when that cycle failed I didn't feel as bad as I had done in previous cycles because yeah. I think I'd come to terms with it and I knew that we had a possibility. Yeah. And then I actually started to feel more excited okay. about the whole prospect of donor mm. because I'd gone from a 5% chance to a, what they said was a 50% chance given my age oh bracket. My so it's so incredible. Increase it tenfold. Yeah. yeah. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, I could actually get pregnant on this it one could and, happen. and it could happen yeah and that's when I, I could feel myself getting excited and that's when I knew it was the right decision yeah um and yeah so we we went out a few weeks later to Prague um weirdest part of it um is actually selecting like the characteristics oh, yeah. so the what's the yeah. process like yeah so and obviously because it's in Prague everything's done electronically they send you emails and that so suddenly I got this email through with this form <laughs> to fill in with characteristics for my donor and so and they do they ask you to like choose what you want them to be like yeah so it, and it's very basic so you were like in, rocket scientist <laughs> yeah I'd love to have gone like a little bit deeper in that but um, it's more around kind of like eye colour hair colour yeah. um, kind of any sort of characteristics or sort of um, ethnic backgrounds or anything like yeah. that but mm-hmm. I mean mine was pretty standard it was sort of green eyes brown hair and yeah. I was quite keen on there being having quite a petite frame because I'm quite petite myself yeah, and you I don't thought I have like a giant child I no I thought that would be a bit strange if I'm a really giant child <laughs> um and so yeah I filled the most important form that I've ever filled in in my Incredible. entire life um and yeah just sent it off and we've said we wanted them to have a good education level because you kind of want them to yeah. to um have some intellect as well but obviously yeah. you're never going to meet these people you just the thing, I, the way I thought of it was to go through something like egg donation is, it's not just like giving blood; it's going through all the stims and yeah. everything. So yeah. whoever yeah. is donating must be an incredibly strong and kind yeah. person. And and that was, they, they were characteristics I want my children to have. So that That's helped nice me feel at, it, yeah. at peace with it um, about not knowing much more. Um, but then even stranger was when you get the match and they send through the profile. And oh, wow. you don't you don't get much again. Do you not get a picture or anything? No, no. Mm. Um, actually, speaking of pictures, I did send through some additional pictures attached to my form. Just even though they don't ask for it, because I was like, "This is me." <laughs> just yeah, try, yeah, yeah. Just try and match it up closely. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, we had the the form through. And I remember seeing the email, and I was like, oh, man, we've we've been matched, we've been matched, and let's have a look. And we opened it up, and and basically, it was me on paper. Really, it was. It couldn't have been any similar. Same hair color, same eye color, but it was the same, exactly the same height in centimeters and wow. exactly oh the same weight. So. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so like, strange. Yeah, and and she was the same age as me as well, which I thought That's was crazy. born in the same year. You know, so, they just got the forms mixed up. And yeah, sent well, you. they just sent me, sent me me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we there was no reason for us not to say yes to the match because yeah. we couldn't have had any better match for us. Um, interestingly, none of the girls have got green eyes. We've all got Matt's blue eyes. Really? But yeah, oh. yeah. I thought, <laughs> out of three, like, surely we'll have like one with green eyes, but none of them have. They just want to daddy, but... Um, yeah, so we we did that bit, and then we um, had to get synced up with the donor, and so. And does that involve you taking drugs? Her taking drugs? Um, yes. Yeah, so she was going through stims, and then well, to to matches up, we both had to go on the pill first, um, and then to break off at the same time to have a bleed, and then while she was going through stims, I was sort of trying to build up my lining. Okay. Um, and it is all very very uncertain as to when you're actually going to fly out so that's the right. hardest bit okay. about it you can either go out and spend a massive amount of time out yeah. there to be sure or you've just got to be really flexible and the beauty with Prague it was an hour and a half flight away yeah, so and it's quite yeah, cheap it's as well, easy. isn't it yeah, yeah but you're working during this time as well yes yeah so um luckily I had been quite open with my boss and that at work so cool. um they were aware and kind of I just said look between these two weeks I'm gonna have to take a few days out yeah. and um and also Matt's work were pretty good as well so and we were actually only away for three nights in the end really? so yeah we, we found out that the donor's egg collection um was happening on I think it was on a Friday so find that out and then it's waiting to hear how many eggs you've got and obviously yeah. you're sat at home and this so person's strange. gone through that procedure and you just think oh gosh it's just amazing was it um so they already had a sample of matt's sperm yes they did and so they they made embryos out there yes did that feel weird yeah, like my did. husband's sperm is in someone else's egg yeah, right now. And yeah, that was the thing. And I, I remember thinking, I hope they've not like mixed anything up oh, because yeah. I think you, everyone must yeah, think this in like, a yeah. health clinic. Um, like, and it, that still went through my head all the way through the whole thing. You think, oh god, I hope they look like Matt. <laughs> yeah, got the yeah, right yeah. Uh, But yeah, everything was fine. And um, yeah, so they they phone you and tell you how many um, eggs. So there were eight eggs, and then. The next day, you're waiting for the call on how many fertilised, and it was six. And then, as we were driving to the airport, I got the day three call, um, and we had five really good embryos. So we were flying out there knowing that that was so good. Yeah, and it was amazing just being on that plane, going, "Oh my god, we're like going to have babies in a way." Yeah, it's the most bizarre feeling, especially when you're flying back actually with one on board. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But we got there and we were due to have a consultation the next day and they were fantastic because they'd got all of the um, sort of pickups and drop-offs from the airport and the clinic were all sorted oh, out for us. So we, literally we turned up, we'd got a driver with our name, oh, got in the car, went to this hotel. That's the kind of hotel. service you want from an IVF clinic. Yeah. yeah. And we hadn't realised at the time we booked a hotel. We didn't even think about the name, but it was called Hotel Three Storks. Oh. And I always think that's really precious now because we've got three girls. And yeah, like, it is three precious. And, and we were it's going down the lift and we looked down at the floor and it said Three Storks. We went, do you realise what... That- <laughs> that's got to be a sign it's got to be a sign so um yeah we we went there and and going we went the next day to just go for a consultation before Mm -hmm. the just to check my lining and everything and they said to me look we've got some really super fast growing hatch already hatching day four embryo which i'd never heard of and they said so we we want to do the transfer like 
tomorrow when it was supposed to be the following day and oh suddenly god. i was like oh oh god is this a good thing or is it not yeah. so then you turn to google and you go yeah. day four hatching embryos yeah um, and so yeah we we ended up going in a day earlier than we thought and um had the embryo put back and then we had a free day in prague so it was lovely to nice. just then wander around yeah. and very slowly and, and yeah slowly carefully. Yeah. slowly and carefully yeah so we did that with the first one that with the twins it's another story we got stuck halfway down a ravine as Matt tried to take me a shortcut across a park which oh I love a man was, yeah taking yeah. a shortcut yeah and he yeah. would not have it oh, with wow. a toddler yeah um whilst well, so, like two hours after my embryo transfer so so <laughs> extreme exercise isn't the yeah. worst thing <laughs> you can't be active it's fine so you yeah. had five embryos you transferred one and that resulted in your eldest yes. daughter yes and then you went back and had another transfer of two. Yeah. And that resulted in your twins. Absolutely. So God. three out of three strike weight on it's the donor eggs. Well, which had good eggs. She had a really good eggs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Um, super eggs. And and to be honest, if we'd have gone back the second time, we were gonna only gonna have one put back, but the clinic had frozen them in pairs. Oh. So we were kind of put in a position where it was like either have oh. one put back or destroy oh, one destroy and one, after. Right. And and now obviously we wouldn't change it for the of world. Course, but, but at the time my husband was like saying what are the odds of twins and um they said it was about 15 percent chance um of twins and he was like oh okay so 75 percent chance of not yes yeah, yeah. so he's like yeah we'll, 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 we'll go with those chance. odds yeah we'll go with, with <laughs> oh those odds God. and then yeah obviously with twins which yeah it was quite really life-changing it is yeah especially when you've got a one-year-old um, oh, yeah. and then suddenly yeah you've, you've got two more on the way but uh, but obviously an amazing amazing surprise that we were we were delighted about once we'd got our heads around the logistics and everything. Well, congratulations on making three babies. Thank you. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah, with the help of a very kind lady. Yeah. Like did you? I mean, did you find you know the, this process of coming to terms with you know I'm going to use somebody someone else's mm. eggs? Did that take a while? I mean, you've made it sound very easy. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. It's really hard to kind of explain yeah. the emotions. But I feel like it can't have been very easy at all no no and I think it's like you've almost got that that leap from trying naturally to IVF is a big leap isn't it when someone says to you you're going to need help to to conceive but then the the leap from IVF to donor eggs I think is a much bigger leap leap because you are kind of giving up on that the idea that you've always had that you're going to have like a little mini version of yourself yeah and you'd have that genetic connection and I think it was just trying to work out what that actually meant and the genetic connection like does it does it mean that we would sort of automatically have a bond because we're genetically related or is there more to it than that and um and that was the bit I had to sort of get my head around and and throughout the pregnancy I suddenly started to feel that connection like before I even had Mila so like them moving around inside you and I, I kind of managed to get my head around it by thinking that the lady who gave us her eggs had almost given like half a blueprint and Matt had given the other half and then mm-hmm. it was given to me and yeah. then I built every cell in that body and, yeah. and the blood running through their veins was from me yeah. and everything so that's the way I kind of got my head around the fact that I was probably pretty instrumental in the sort I mean, of growing yeah. and, and that of the, of the child and I think I put a lot of extra pressure on myself when sort of post-birth around 
I have to breastfeed. I have to be able to do this. I was very, like, I yeah. needed to do that for me. Doing all the mother things. Yes, yeah. I think it was that I need to prove that I am the mother and I don't yeah. want anyone else to kind of say otherwise. But to be honest, it hardly came up. As soon as I was pregnant, I was pretty much treated as any other yeah. pregnant lady. And I think it only came up um, during, obviously, the 12 weeks you have the Downs test and you have to give date of birth and things like that. And I was a bit like, ooh. Oh, do you want mine or... Yeah, do you want mine or the date? And that was like the first time I'd really had to say it properly out loud to someone who is a complete stranger and I was a bit... But I was surprised how like she just went... Chilled. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd need the donor one. But then it wasn't like it was a surprise to her. I think I expected that it would be like a real... kind of niche thing yeah. that no one ever speaks about yeah and, and, she, and she was like Meh. yeah yeah just just give me the year because that's all <laughs> I had I didn't have her actual date of birth so um so yeah but other than that it hardly came up at all and um yeah that was another thing I was I put a lot of pressure on myself to have a natural birth as well which oh, I was yeah. like yeah I wanted to do that which okay yeah. there's a bit of a debate in the donor community mm. about anonymous versus non-anonymous donors mm-hmm. And how your kids will feel about that. What What was your choice and how would you feel if they decided they wanted to find their donor yeah. mum? So this is probably a thought that I had that has changed for me over time. And I think it's changed as I've learned more about um, donation mm. and also kind of... Now that I've got three little people who are actual individual yeah. people with yeah. personalities and thoughts... And you kind of, it becomes more real then. Of course. Um and I think we, we made the decision at the time based on, well, there were a number of factors. Um, one was we just wanted to do something now because yeah. we were so yeah, like drained by the process. And I'd been on the waiting list in the UK for about 10 months. And right. So I was already on the waiting list while we were doing our own things just to kind of mm-hmm. start that process. And we were no closer to the top. And they kept saying, oh, it'll be three to six months. And then you phone me, you're like, oh, no, you're not. And I th- there is a real shortage of egg donors in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Um, I think partly down to the anonymity thing as yeah. well, that some people yeah, might they, not want someone it, to come knocking on the door. Is it at 18? At 18, the yeah. A child can find out. They can. Um, but I explored a number of different options. I remember at one point I was on a forum and I got talking to a lady who wanted to donate her eggs and we almost got talking about her doing it for me. And wow. then that felt a bit strange because then I felt like I would... She sent me through a picture of herself and everything and then I had in my head that I would always see... Because I've seen her, yeah. I would always see them in, in the child. In the and, child yeah. and I just didn't want... I wanted to be able to see them as an individual and not see them as half of yeah. that person. And uh, and so I kind of... We moved back and forward, back and forward. And that finances were another big thing as well. So it was a lot yeah. cheaper to go abroad. And we'd, we'd spent thousands. And we we didn't know how long it was going to take. We thought it could take another five cycles yeah. as well. Um so we tried that and and then partly was just to do something a bit different we tried like so many times in the, the uk and, and going to the clinic you know in the first thing in the morning before work and you're driving down like yeah. the, the motorway and then you're having to drive back in and go into a meeting and like, the thought of actually being away from home almost yeah. like on a holiday it just made such a difference and yeah. and then the whole anonymity thing at the time we made the decision in my head, I thought, oh, I don't really want them to have to make that huge decision when they're on. And I was, in my head, I thought I was protecting them almost yeah. in a way that... Yeah. Um, but As I in think, you can't find out. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's you, know, you don't have to make that decision and yeah. you'll have everything you need because you've got us. Um, but I think that was probably partly some of my fears playing through. In, yeah. Oh, my God, if they want to track them down and then 
they might yeah. not think I'm the real mom and then they'll connect with them and they'll have a but once I've now I've got them I just know the connection is so strong yeah. and yeah. that nothing could come between that and and the shared time and the memories and everything you do you comfort them you you just automatically with the girls I'm the one that knows exactly what they're going to want next and exactly how to comfort them and every, mm-hmm. anything that a mum does yeah so I think over time I look look back now and I remember speaking to Jana who I've done some insta lives with who's a fertility counsellor over yeah. in the US um specializing in donor and when we first started talking I said to her oh this whole thing around anonymity I'm feeling a bit guilty about it now like I may have kind of made a choice for them that shouldn't have been my choice to make and um we've we've been talking about it and I think what what I've come to realize is you make a decision at a point in time that's the right decision at that moment and and I think about it now that if I hadn't made that decision I wouldn't have those girls those exact girls so I'm just going to be totally honest with them and tell them why we made that decision and another thing that seems to be happening more at the moment is that actually they, they might not be such a thing as anonymous unknown donation in the future so yeah. with all dna kits and yeah ancestry and things it come like the, when the girls turn 18 they may just be able to pop their dna in a, yeah. in a computer find and them. find yes, the person seriously. if they want to so i think we're just going to be so honest with them about everything and yeah. how we, and just let them ask questions whenever they want and hopefully they won't resent that decision that we made but I'm it's sure just trying to that's I've had quite a few questions from people uh, about do you think the girls would yeah. resent that um it must be quite hard for you to feel those questions that we just yeah. asked no and, and you know what if you'd have asked me a few months ago when I just started the blog yeah I'd have been it would have I think it would have got to me a little bit more yeah. and I'd have, it would have thrown me a bit but actually writing the blog and doing the posts on and the insta lives and I've just learned so much more and it's yeah. almost made me it's almost been therapy in a way that yeah. I've been able to work through my own fears yeah. to then be able to say actually I'm okay with that decision now and yeah that's how we're going to handle it and and you've processed yeah. it and you've processed kind of it, yeah. come to your conclusion yeah. you know what how you feel about it now it's absolutely kind of like, well yeah. Keely as in trying to be a mum yes um made she did a insta story the other day about how she's come to the decision yes. to start using donor eggs and she did it in the most she just was so cool and calm about she's it brilliant. I would have sobbed my way through that and she was just so clear yeah about her decision making and she said she'd spoken to a counsellor who said something like it doesn't have to be the right decision it just has to be the best decision yeah mm. yeah and I thought that was really quite poignant yeah like absolutely and Keely and I have had a, a few conversations actually have. yeah we um we met for a drink after the She's So, so Hormonal event, actually. And um, I saw the stories and I, I could just relate to everything that she said in yeah. that. And um, I mean, she's so good at just being able to put it in mm. such an eloquent way and, and just say it how it is. And yeah, it wasn't, I think at the time we made a decision based on so many different circumstances that were happening and, and emotions as well. You, yeah, yeah. Your emotions are heightened and I just wanted I just wanted a baby and I just wanted to have that baby now. I didn't want to yeah. wait another year um to be on, on the waiting list and then maybe it not work and um and then I think I had in my head as well that if it was a local person from the Nottingham area where where we live, that I'd be constantly thinking, Oh, I wonder if that's is it her. You? Is it you? Or was it yeah. her? Because yeah. we were yeah. kind of joking as we walked around Prague, like, Oh, I wonder if that's yeah. her. And oh I was God. like, Oh, I hope that's her. Or <laughs> 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 these things. But you just um yeah, I think it's easier to almost have a bit of a distance from it and, yeah. and yeah. kind Absolutely. of be your own family. Yeah. And, and that that worked for us at the time. So I understand that. 
Well, we have uh, been talking for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing good. Um, so I guess, you know, yesterday um, you posted about post-infertility guilt. Yes. So it kind of changed the subject to parenting and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, how have you dealt with that? Because, you know, I, I've mm. got it. You've got it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I read your post and I totally... Because mm. you were talking about not wanting to... not feeling like you can find parenting hard at times yeah. because it's such a blessing and you yeah. tried so hard to get it. Absolutely. And you've got everything you wanted. And also, I guess I phrased that wrong because post-infertility means that you're not infertile anymore. Like, yeah, I'm still so infertile. That's how I've, yeah. My yeah. tubes still don't work. Absolutely. Um, so I guess it's just post-IVF guilt. Post, I suppose it is, yeah. Yeah, that's probably a better guilt. way of, of putting it. And um, yeah, because I get this all the time. And, and I think I have it... I feel a bit more sensitive to it now that I've joined the Instagram community mm. as well because I started telling the story and then I was wanting to almost show some sort of pictures and, and real life experiences with the girls but then I thought I don't want to trigger anyone or want to yeah. seem like I'm rubbing anyone's face in it, in it. And, and I felt this guilt around how much do I do I show but then also when I'm having a bad day and and you do I mean three under three is it's really really hard yeah, and, that, and especially like yesterday morning I was having to get all three ready for nursery that's like three lunches out and three and one of the twins is walking now she's everywhere and she's fearless so she's kind of walking towards the fireplace oh, and God. if they're near the stairs and and it is just and and I do I get anxious sometimes if I've got like a full day with all three of them and I think yeah. this like I've asked for this. Why Why am I getting anxious? I shouldn't be. And I shouldn't, like... And sometimes I know I probably should ask for help from, like, friends yeah. and family and go, like, could you come and help me out for a few hours? Yeah. But I find myself not doing or I, I kind of go, no, I can do this. I should be able to do this because I've worked so hard for this. And, and I knew there was a chance that I was going to have twins a second time around because I had two embryos put back. So... Yep, I, I'm gonna have to kind of deal with this. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it does, and I think it just heightens your kind of feelings of like, oh, I shouldn't, I can't moan about this because there's so many other people out there still feeling that pain that I once yeah. felt, and that if I'd have heard someone at that time going, oh, this parenting looks yeah. really hard, I'd have thought, just fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. tell me that it's even harder, and it is. It's 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 just a different type of hard. It's, yeah, um, but. Also, it's balanced with the wonderful moments and of course. And, uh, well, that's the thing about infertility, well. isn't it? It's just mm. constant shit. Yeah. Whereas, well, infertility is no in between. It's, yeah. It's either really shit or it's amazing. You kind of yeah. you've got like both ends. And whereas with parenting, you have your really shit moments, but you've got your constant amazingness that's going yeah. on in the background. So you kind of you still get those wonderful moments that you can think, actually, yeah, this was all worth it. And those moments where I'm sort of putting Mila to bed at night and you feel guilty for going oh god is it not bedtime yet <laughs> do you think I just need uh, a, a little bit of time to myself yeah. um and yeah just little things like that it just plays on your mind and I think because you're more thankful yeah. because of everything you've yeah. been through you tend to um feel it a bit more so that's why I wanted to post about it because yeah I think I find myself beating myself up and now I've kind of got my head around it and thought actually it's okay to feel like that I'm and sure. I just thought uh, so many people that have yeah. come through IVF and I think that's a normal parent come. feeling isn't yeah. it yeah I'm sure yeah. there were plenty of people who saw that post and, and could relate and felt yeah. relieved to read it to be fair yeah because it is it yeah. is that thing of when you're we're part of a very special community and you are so conscious of 
being careful about saying things like that absolutely so it's the same when i was pregnant as well i just felt like i couldn't moan about anything because i was so people at work go are you okay to me and i'm like i'm fine yeah and like sometimes i'll have like i don't know like a sore back or whatever and they'll be like people be like pregnancy is quite hard though isn't it and i'm like no No. i always just go no No. it's really easy i love it (laughs) and i I have been really lucky with this pregnancy like it's been fine but like i'm always just like no it's fine yeah like it's i'll tell you what's hard infertility yeah. Yeah. that's really thinking hard thinking you're never gonna have one yeah that's exactly yeah. Yeah. this yeah. is a fucking breed yeah. by comparison it is yeah but um yeah yeah anyway um so i guess we should finish by talking about fertility mm. support saturday oh, yes. which is your initiative on instagram yes so yeah i started this just before christmas i think where the initial idea was just to kind of bring together some people who I thought on Instagram were um, doing some really special things and just kind of share each other's work and, and that's so that more people could connect. And, mm. and that's what it started. There was a group of nine of us, I think. Yeah. And I contacted yeah. you too. And do you want to be Very involved? Lucky to be on and I was really honoured that people wanted to do it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is amazing. Um, and then we did the Ask Us Anything week, didn't we? Just yeah. before Christmas as well, where people asked us questions and we did mm-hmm. some Insta stories, which again was really well received. And you just don't realise how much people want that kind yeah. of interaction and support and uh, and it's literally just people telling their stories isn't yeah it? and then yeah. you know if you feel that you've got something in common with them absolutely you can so, just message them mm, and i'm hoping next week we'll get to 100 oh, shared so wow. yeah over the last sort of 10 to 12 weeks we've been sharing like 10 a week and, yeah. and it, it's dwindled off a little bit over the last few weeks but now i'm getting a few more in. okay um and i'm trying to get a little bit more diversity in there so i'm trying to target yeah. a few people and just say look if you if you're happy to share and you the beauty is you can do it anonymously so you can yeah. you don't yeah. have to put your picture on and say this is me you can just say look this is what i'm going through and and then people can either go, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. I can support you, or like, yeah, what have you? What sort of treatment have you had? What advice have you had? And you can just to build those connections. So yeah. it's been great, and I do have some exciting plans for it coming up oh. in. Oh. Hopefully, like June, July, we're going to try and ask the expert Insta Live set, uh, oh, series. So I'm just so in the same. process at the moment of just rounding some people up. So oh, wow. there'll be a chance for people to ask questions to Brilliant. a fertility sure. doctor and a counsellor and a nutritionist and things like that. So cool. it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, well done. I'm sure that'll go down really well. Well, Becky, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Yeah. What a thank lovely you. chat. Thank you for having me. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now it's time for IVF. What the air? What the air? Today, we are asking a really good question, actually. Yeah. If I do say so ourselves. <laughs> Pat on the back there. Yeah. So we asked Prof Tim why some people come off their IVF drugs sooner and some people come off it later. So, like, if you read stuff, some people come off after the two-week wait. Some people come off after seven weeks. Some people come off after ten weeks. Some people go the full 12 weeks. Mm. And some people go even further. Mm. Um, and we're just wondering, like, why? why? Because it seems a bit strange. You were you were twelve weeks, weren't you? I was twelve weeks. I'm twelve weeks. So when I was having the horrible, scary stuff, mm. one of the things that the early pregnancy unit that I went to said to me was that my progesterone was dangerously low, even though I was on two pessaries a day. Right. We've since spoken to somebody who um, will appear next week, mm-hmm. who um, said that, well, you know, when had I last taken the pessary? So, and actually thinking about it, I had taken one first thing that morning and was due to take one, was probably right. slightly late with one by the right. time they finally tested my progesterone levels. So... Interesting. Actually, it, it doesn't stay, like, constant in your blood bloodstream yeah. all the time. So that was quite a good point. Um, but yeah, I was on until 12 weeks. You are on pessaries and Lubion. Injections, yeah. yeah. And obviously estrogen pills until 12 weeks. Yeah, so it just seems a bit confusing, really. It is a bit confusing. And it's good to understand kind of the science behind it because that can kind of give you some reassurance I guess yeah it does I, like it kind of freaked me out that like what, oh well, why does she coming off after seven weeks yeah. and there's a lot of posts on forums about it as well like yeah. why am I why have I been told to come off after ten weeks and then we got a message from somebody I think who was like I've been told to come off after two weeks yeah and she was confused yeah so like, everyone else seems to do it for twelve weeks what's the deal and we were confused yeah definitely um and yeah it's just, well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. Um, so here's what Professor Tim had to He's say. He's going to explain everything. He is. This is a very interesting one. Now, in, in, a, um, in a fresh IVF cycle, um, because the woman is producing follicles in her ovaries and because she's had the late-night injection to trigger maturation of the eggs, then those follicles will actually start to produce their own progesterone, as would happen in a natural pregnancy. However, because IVF drugs have been used, the amount of progesterone is not really sufficient. So that's why you have to give some form of what we call luteal support, uh, usually in the form of progesterone, that could be pessaries or injections, and some form of luteal support from around the time of the egg collection up until the pregnancy test. Many centers around the world and in the UK actually stop the progesterone on the day of the pregnancy test, even if it's positive. And this is because by two weeks after the egg collection, the ovaries have pretty much recovered and the HCG, the pregnancy hormone coming from 
the um, implanting or the implanted embryo in a pregnancy is actually acting on the ovaries to make the ovaries produce more progesterone. So a number of studies have shown that actually you can stop in a fresh cycle, you can stop the progesterone supplementation at the day of the pregnancy test. In fact, that's um, adox of fertility. That's what we did all the way from when we started in 1984 up until seven or eight years ago. However, many patients understandably feel happier if they are continuing progesterone beyond the pregnancy test in a fresh cycle. And so many clinics do continue on, um, even though there's a lack of evidence uh, for that. So obviously you can then continue the progesterone on until whenever you want. Um, if it's not been shown to be particularly beneficial continuing, on, continuing it on at all after the positive test, then clearly it doesn't really matter when you stop it either. So many centers will stop at seven, eight, 10 or 12 weeks and it doesn't really make um, any difference. Now in a um, frozen cycle, it's a medicated frozen cycle that's very different because in a medicated um, or programmed frozen cycle, the ovaries are switched off, so they're not producing any progesterone at all. So you have to take some estrogen and progesterone for the lining and for implantation. So under that scenario, you certainly can't stop the progesterone with a positive test. You need to be continuing it until the um, placenta has developed and has taken over its own progesterone production. And that happens usually at around about um, seven or eight weeks of pregnancy. So in a medicated frozen cycle, you'd need to be continuing the progesterone on until at least then. And just to have a bit more of a, a safety buffer, probably most clinics would continue on until nine, 10, 12 weeks or something like that. Thanks for that for us, Tim. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How was your lollipops? Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> um, I would say to anybody who is trying to get pregnant or pregnant, Maybe don't go to a place where the main food groups are cured meat and soft cheeses. Mm, shit. <laughs> we did t- talk about this before, didn't we? we yeah. Go, oh, man. Was it bad? I mean, it wasn't awful. And, like, weirdly, Italians are really strict about what pregnant ladies can eat. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there was, we went to this one restaurant and I was like, I'm going to have a little bit of salami. And um, the woman was like, no. No, I bring you cheese. And so she bought me some special, like, I don't know why I went into a Russian accent. It's my default foreign accent. But um, she, I bring you cheese. I bring you cheese because we were on holiday in Minsk. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it was it was Puglia. And she bought me like a special pasteurized um, burrata. Oh, God, that's my favorite. Yeah. And a smoked burrata. Oh, Jesus. And that was delicious. Well, I don't feel too sorry for you. No, it wasn't too awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, we had some like really hot days. It was weird because, you know, like every time you have planned a holiday and been like, I'll be pregnant by the time I go on that holiday. Mm-hmm. And I actually was on this one. Yes. Oh my God. First, so we've been probably during our, the course of our infertility, we've been on like two holidays. So that's like in two holidays and maybe three and a half to four years. Mm, that's not many. It's not many. Maybe three holidays. I think it was two. Oh, no, three, because there was one that I went on with my dad. Um, and, like, a couple of little trips. Mm. Um, and, like, oh, yeah, maybe more than that, because we went on ones with John's family as well. But either way, every time I've been there, I'll, be, I'll probably be pregnant by then. So, mm. you know, I can't plan to have too much fun. Mm-hmm. And this time, 
I planned to have too much fun. <laughs> so we did a lot of like going out in the evening and stuff. And by the end, I was just a bit like, oh, I'm yeah. so tired. Exhausting. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, it was really fun. Um, and then we got back and we did the one big thing that we have not done yet, mm-hmm. which is buy something for the baby. Oh, shit. So I'm now t- 29 weeks. Wowzers. Tomorrow. Um and and like by the time this goes out I'll be nearly thirty weeks. And we hadn't bought anything for the baby. Like mm. n- nothing. We've we've changed the spare room around a bit. Mm-hmm. And that is like the full extent of our preparations. Because I have this kind of weird fear of something going wrong and then coming home and there's like all this stuff. Yeah. Um lying around like I when I first started trying oh no when was it I think when when I did my last round of IVF I knitted a blanket yeah um and I ended up giving it to my friend because I just couldn't bear to have it lying around all the time Mm. and I just I just had all these flashbacks of like that and not having that shit so we haven't bought anything and this weekend, we bought a buggy. Whoa. Yeah. That's a big ticket item. It is a big ticket item. And especially when you live in our tiny little flat, <laughs> um, it's going to be a big ticket item lying around. We bought it off eBay. eBay? eBay. Excellent. For a quarter of the price <gasps> of the like recommended retail price, which, God, I didn't think I'd be a secondhand items person, mm-hmm. but I feel really smug. I mean, yeah, you text me about it, and yeah. I was, um, I was well gel. Well, I just, it's, it's not a hard thing to get hold of. Well, like, I mean, that's the thing, right? If you try, yeah, absolutely. you can actually do it. Yeah, but um, they're fucking expensive. They are so expensive. It's ridiculous. And again, I think there's a tiny little thing in my head being like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, mm. then we won't have spent a thousand pounds. We'll spend mm. two hundred fifty quid, which mm. is a lot, but significantly less. Mm. Um. So, so yeah, we've done that. And um, the one we bought was actually, <laughs> funnily enough, it was up near where my in-laws live. And it turned out that the person selling it was an employee of my father-in-law. What? I know. It's quite, I mean, it's Yorkshire. Everyone knows everyone. But um, he, <laughs> apparently, John's dad rocked up at his this guy's house. And the guy was like, Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bank holiday Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, was I meant to work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The boss rocks up. Oh, God. It's so funny. So, um, so yeah, it's up with my in-laws at the moment. So if something goes wrong now... It's in a different place. We're fine. It's in a different place. But. So that's your... That was the tip. You, I didn't realise you got it in Yorkshire. That does yeah. add a bit more work to the um, well, equation. Well, you know, they come down quite regularly. So they'll just bring it down. It's quite a lot of bits, apparently, but mm. what are you going to do? Wow. Well, yeah. well done for doing that, because, yeah, I've been asking you when you're going to buy something, and you yeah, haven't. Yeah, bought something. Mm. Haven't bought any clothes, haven't bought anything. Um, yeah, you don't need any of that stuff yet, do you? No. I think it's funny because, you know, I follow people on Instagram who are like have gone through the same, like, similar stuff to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you can go one of two ways. You either get that positive pregnancy test and you go insane yeah. and just buy all this stuff. And, like, some people do it during their two-week wait and even do it in the run-up as a kind of 
um, almost like a charm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or you're like me and you're like ultimate paranoid. Yeah. And you don't buy anything. And then one day you've got a baby and <laughs> nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, some people buy things um, like, was it someone was saying they buy something every every year or something they buy uh, something and add it to the collection and it just gives them hope so you know i think for some people having those bits around yeah is quite nice but i can completely understand the opposite emotion as well of being like i don't want to jinx it i think it's just how your brain functions isn't it i've just got a natural like (laughs) pessimism (laughs) whereas other people are more optimistic i guess but like it's funny because um a lot of my friends have offered me bits Mm-hmm. which is really cool and so generous um but there's a, there's a really nice lady at work who was like do you want a travel changing mat and I was like yeah why not <laughs> and like I kind of expected it to be like a um a very vague offer and then the next day I came into work and there it was on my desk and I had like a bit of a weird physical reaction. I was like, ah! and in my head it was like, jinx, 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 jinx. Oh, but I didn't, no. I was like, obviously I was like, oh, thank you so much. That's so generous. And and now it's like in our spare room, just sitting there. And every time I walk past it, I'm like, Ooh. so that's the only item in the house. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, but, and it's really cute. Like it's, mm. I mean, it's cute changing mats can be but um you know it's like a lovely thing to have and yeah it is a reminder that there is a baby coming yeah we can't pretend there isn't anymore no but um but i just yeah it's, i'm still getting those shit don't want to jinx it reactions even though i'm like in my third trimester now mm. it's still like yeah freaking me out it's not going away it's not going away oh mate no. well you know it will go away eventually. Eh? Well, the baby will arrive. Yeah, the baby will have to arrive. go away. Yeah, and then I'll be like, I don't know what I'll be like. Will I be like, I don't want to jinx the baby? Yeah, I don't want to buy it any clothes or anything <laughs> it needs in case in case it goes away. It's going to be like a Victorian street urchin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bought anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It'll be cute. It'll be fine. It'll be a great little street urchin. Yeah. And we've also finally started having serious conversations about names. Oh. And like... Dum, dum, dum. It's coming up with ones. But, you know when you talk about something too much and you just have an idea and you're like, that is a really great idea. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like... That's a terrible oh, idea. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't call it that. <laughs> it's quite fun though, isn't it? Like... Yeah. I, it's always been one of my favourite conversations. Yeah. Even like... Before we, st- but I mean, before we started trying, before we got married, I think when we first met, we started talking about names. Really, and like, yeah, and even when we were trying and it wasn't happening. Oh yeah, I suppose we 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 did stop for a while actually, um, but then yeah, we've we've definitely started again. God, we never talked about it. I was, we just never talked about it. Mm. And then, even when when I got pregnant, I was like, we're not talking about this. Mm, yeah. We're not talking about this until it's sure. And now we've finally grudgingly realised we're going to have to have. to talk about it. Like, we've had a few, like, arguey chats yeah. about it where John was like, I want to call it Twat Bag. <laughs> I was like, no. Great name. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> Strong choice. <laughs> yeah, I think we yeah. were, like, coming up with names and confidently telling our family that that's what we were going to call our kids, like, prior to trying. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know... As soon as it doesn't go your way, you kind of start thinking, shit, we should really shut up about this. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, so right now we've got <laughs> potentially a really bad name for this poor kid, but you Good. Know, it's just gonna have to deal with that. It is gonna have to deal with whatever you whatever yeah. you go for. Yeah, absolutely. I'll fully support anything. <laughs> Little twat bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Um, how are you, mate? Um, I am good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I yeah. So I've I've kind of I'm almost twelve weeks. You are. Mm. That's cray cray. I know, right? So I'm yeah. actually eleven weeks today. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, and so, so yeah, my kind of mind last week kind of went to, okay, drugs, shit. Because oh, I was like, yeah. when, you know, do you, when do you stop the drugs? Like, because my 12-week scan yeah. is actually a 13-week scan. Okay. Which is quite a common thing, I believe. Yeah. It can be anywhere between 11 yeah. and 13, 14, whatever. Um, so I was like, do you stop after the scan? When everyone's seen that it's okay? Yeah, that is a good question. Or do you stop when you're 12 weeks? And what's your conclusion? So the clinic said, no, you just stop when you're 12 weeks. And I was like, shit, okay, can you confirm exactly when that is? Because I've got it in my head when it is. Yeah. But I'd like you to confirm just so I don't do it too soon or whatever. And so, yeah, I was pretty much right with the day out. I thought my weeks changed on a Tuesday. They changed on a Wednesday. Okay. So next Wednesday... You stop. I stop. You're going to stop, like, on Tuesday night, or are you going to stop? That's a good question. I think I run out of Lubion, which is my progesterone injection, on Tuesday. So that will be a hard stop on that one. Presumably your arse is going to be grateful for that. My belly. My belly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. How's the bruising? Do you know what? None. I haven't bruised. Oh, mate. Yeah. You must be some kind of superhero. I I don't know. It's weird. Um, I haven't really bruised. And it's it's kind of stopped being sore as well. Like it was in the beginning, it mm-hmm. was getting sore and I was struggling to find a bit that didn't hurt. Yeah. But now it's... It's developed an iron will. Oh, my husband really helpfully said that I've just added a few layers of fat and <laughs> it's less painful now. I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, love. Uh, that would be true, <laughs> due to the consumption of toast that I have uh, enjoyed. Toast is great. Oh man, I can't stop. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but I was running out of um, uh, estrogen tablets. Okay. So I was like, I worked out how many I needed. So I ran the clinic and said, okay, if I'm doing it up to 12 weeks, I need X amount of estrogen tablets, yeah. which was an annoying amount. It was like, I don't know, 12 estrogen tablets yeah. or something. And and so I had to go in and get a prescription. Okay. And it's always nice to go into the clinic. Always nice. Hi, guys. Yeah. Um, and then I went over to the inpatient pharmacy at King's College Hospital, mm-hmm. which is very hard to find. Cool. Yeah, I challenge anyone to find that <laughs> without asking 12 people where it is. <laughs> Because um, the woman in the clinic was really blasé about it. She, oh yeah, just cross over the road, go into the main door, and it's kind of on your right, opposite Costa. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely isn't. It's like down some what rabbit warren of like hallways, like hidden around a corner with no signage. Oh. Anyway, that was hilarious. So I collected those. That's all fine. Um, and yeah, I just, I guess, I'm just feeling a bit. It's it's scary stopping the drugs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, they say the placenta has taken over. Is it? Has it? What if it hasn't? Well, Dr. Uh, Professor Tim has just addressed this in our um, 
IVF what, what the F. Yes. But, yeah, it's really scary. Mm. Um, well, you know, the, like the worst possible, th- well, second worst possible thing happened to me, which was all the bleeding. Well, I, so I, I did a post on Instagram and someone actually got in touch to say, just to warn you, if you've been on a lot of progesterone, you may have a, a yeah. withdrawal bleed. Yeah. So, so that's good to be warned about that. When, so when I had that, I phoned the clinic and they were like, well, it's nothing to do with you coming off the drugs. Interesting. It was, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, this I don't know if this person has actual... I don't know if it's just kind of yeah. anecdotal evidence, but, yeah, she did warn me, which is nice to know. Yeah. obviously seeing blood is never fun. I think if you have a bleed, do probably contact someone. Contact someone, yeah. yeah. I went to the EPU at my where I'm registered to give birth and they were so nice and helpful and mm. they were just come like come in for a scan whenever you need to like come and see us mm. um and yeah yeah i will i guess and i mean some people were saying you know take keep taking the drugs if you want some people do yeah but it's kind of like you're gonna run out at some point I mean, well i'm gonna run out a b if the placenta hasn't taken over, then that's an underlying problem that's going to manifest itself regardless of whether yeah. I continue taking progesterone for an extra week. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Well, as scary as that sounds. Um, and then thirdly, I just I want my pants back. <laughs> Mate. Three pessaries a day. Oh, God. Does not a pretty pant make. <laughs> Are they all like, have you got to the point where you put them in the wash and they're just waxy oh, and they come gross. out? gross. It's gross. <laughs> and, you know, of co- I, you know, I hasten to add, obviously I'm really fucking grateful to be in this position and I'm very lucky and I know that. But, yeah, it's not fun doing three <laughs> pessaries a day. But even, like, when you're going through IVF, you're, you're like, this is gross. Yeah, it's gross. It is like, gross. I've potentially got 12 weeks of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as someone who has had, yeah. it's it's deeply unpleasant. And actually someone, a few people have got in touch with me on Instagram to say like, oh, you know, I, th- I don't know if people know. We talk about the mess. Yeah. Obliquely. But if anyone's listening that's about to start IVF and hasn't done pessaries before, <laughs> when you put it in, it does absorb the progesterone. Yes. But then it also does eject the, wax. the waxy coating. And so yeah. you might sit there and think... It's all fallen out. It's all come out, I'm doing it wrong. But you're not. You're not. If it looks like you've got your pants and poured some, like, slightly gone-off yoghurt in... Oh, God. Then you're fine. <laughs> you're I'm absolutely the right fine. Um, <laughs> if your partner is like, oh, then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. So, like, my vagina... Sorry to be graphic... <laughs> Is for pessaries, not penises at the yeah. moment. Because, you know, no one wants to deal with that. Yeah. You know? Three a day. <laughs> Quite a lot. It's a mucky business. It is a mucky business. And can cause chafing. So potentially I'll have sex again. Oh, you might. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> well, you know, I am on pelvic rest as well. Self, self, um... Self-imposed pelvic rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... Because of Harry the hematoma. Yeah, I was exactly the same. <laughs> Oh, John. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, God. So but he yeah. was quite scared as well. He was, like, quite frightened to go near it. Yeah. He was just like... I don't yeah, we don't want to anger it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Anyway, so, so yeah, so I, I am kind of 
whilst I'm scared about giving up the drugs, I'm kind of looking forward to it because it is, you know, it's it's a yeah, it's a lot. It's it's much easier. Yes, not doing three three things a day plus an injection. Yeah. But also, when you came in, you said you were feeling much better than you have been. Yeah. Which is a good sign that the placenta is taking over. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll take that from yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I've been feeling a bit less ill. Because about a week, but maybe a few couple of days before my placenta was due to take over, before I was due to stop the drugs, um, I was still feeling really rough. And I was like, shit. Mm, hasn't worked. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel 100%. No. But definitely, I think, better. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yes, it is good. Um, so that's the drugs. Sweet. Also, randomly, the day I collected my estrogen tablets, I went to a job interview afterwards. Really? Yeah. For what? <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? I got approached on LinkedIn and um, I, I didn't know what to do. Because normally when I get approached about a job, I, you know... I'm like, oh, well, tell me more. I'm, you know, I always find out the full, yeah, what's on offer, yeah, what it is before yeah. I make a decision, yeah. So I was sitting there looking at this thing, and I was like, oh, do I, what do I do now? Oh shit, yeah. Do I, do I say, oh no, sorry, I'm pregnant. It's probably not for me. Uh huh. Or just to be upfront, I'm pregnant. Is that still okay? Yeah. Or do I just blag it and keep my mouth shut and go and find out? And everyone's advice was. Just keep your mouth shut and go along. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so I did. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want a job. But was it a good job? Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a fine job. But I, as I was in the interview, and I was answering all the questions, and we, you know, we were getting on fine. And it, I just realised, I think basically the thing is, if it had been a great job that I was like, oh my God, this is a brilliant opportunity, yeah. I probably would have gone further with it and thought, do you know what, I'm just going to be upfront with them about the situation, see if they're still interested in me. Yeah. But as it stood, I wasn't, like, enamoured with it. And I was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, do you know what, I, mm-hmm. it's fine. <laughs> but I, I just lost my mind ruefully. I was like, what am I doing? Hey, I think it's good to go for interviews. Yes. It's just good to keep that practice up. <laughs> why fucking, why not, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just a bit mad. My friend rang me and I was like, I'm, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm to a job interview she was like <laughs> you're what <laughs> well do you know what somebody that um i work with has was just hired recently and she's she was like 33 weeks pregnant when yeah. she first started well, there you go i mean it can it, it can be done do you know what i mean if you're the yeah. right person for the job and it's a job you really want and they really want you yeah. then it shouldn't matter exactly so yeah i, I you know <laughs> anyway i like it i like yeah. those balls thanks mate um <laughs> Uh, and then what else happened? Oh yeah, so it was a long bank holiday weekend. Obviously, I had a, a some bleed? spotting. Oh good. I won't call it a bleed because okay. that's probably a lot more than okay. what it was. It was yeah. just spotting, and it was brown. So I wasn't. I, you know, it's never fun. No, you never like. Oh yay! <laughs> Fantastic. Yay. Um, but equally, I kind of, I just kind of lay in bed and was like, okay, it's it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Yeah. It's probably fine. And the next day, it kind of went away. So. Did you do that thing where you're, like, trying to decide whether or not to, like, go to any? It wasn't really... No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't think I was going to. Just because just because the doctor at the clinic had or, had already said to me, look, you might have more bleeding because of okay. the hematoma. So I was kind of like, that's almost certainly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But, it might, but if it ever got 
more heavier. serious and heavier. Yeah. Obviously, was, I would go straight away. But the fact that it was just spotting, I was like, I was freaked out a little bit, but yeah. I wasn't going to take any action other than you were just being very quiet, lying in bed very quietly, holding my tummy and being like, <laughs> oh, please don't, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's fine. That's all cleared up now. Great. So I've just got more, more random bleeding to come, no doubt, when I give up the drugs, but I'll try and exercise the same self-control uh, it's very hard though isn't it then like the minute you see blood you're like Rah! yeah yeah you just can't help it you're like i just go into like shutdown mode oh, i yeah. kind of like stopped talking to my husband and he was like are you all right and i was like i'm fine i'm, bleeding. <laughs> I'm fine i'm just gonna lie in bed um but yeah the other day i was wearing pink pants oh yeah and i'm like again being really graphic i wiped and there were obviously some fibers my oh. pink fibres. Oh no. And I was like, shit! Oh no. <laughs> Genuinely pink freaked pant out. Pant and then I looked closer and I was like, oh no, that's, that's fibres. That's fabric. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's not fun. It just shows how alert you are to it all. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. Studiously studying. Yeah. Studiously studying? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Pants every day. Actually, I forgot to say one thing, which was quite funny. So when we were on holiday, I had my first morning sickness. Huh? I basically, I have, I really don't throw up very often, ever. Yeah. Like, I've been sick from being, from having drunk too much three times in my life. Right. Um, I probably, I, like, threw up once about five years ago from, from, like, being ill. Mm. But other than that. Don't ever vomit. Like, really don't vomit. And then the morning that we were due to fly back home, I was sitting on the bed and I was like, this is a weird feeling. I'm sure this is familiar, but I don't know. Oh, I'm going to be sick. I just, like, went to the loo and just started, like... It wasn't... I didn't even vomit because there wasn't anything in my stomach, so I was just, like, retching into the toilet. Literally never, like, never happens to me. And... And then John was standing outside and Googling it. And as I was being like, he was like, oh, you can actually start morning sickness in your third trimester. And I was like, oh, "Oh, great. Don't say that, John. I know. It only happened that once. So it's like it hasn't happened Mm. since. But God, how random. It was really weird. Mm. Really. Oh, it just shows like your body does weird things. Mm, It does. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just thought I'd I'd add that. Thanks, babe. Well, that's it, guys. It, it is it. That's it for this episode. Um, I've yeah. no idea what number it is. It's 18. kind of irrelevant. 18. 18. 18. Okay, great. But we have managed to get through a whole podcast without saying a number. I know. Which is, yeah, I think it's good that we've I'm stopped yeah. celebrating every so number. You can take these out of context if you want, although they wouldn't be in the order of us whining. No, you'd lose the, um, the long and winding narrative. <laughs> and when I say winding, I mean whining. <laughs> <laughs> um... Next week, we are going to be speaking to Dr. Jan Toledano, who is a hormones doctor. She is all about the hormones. Yes. Yeah. That's not the technical term, but I'm sticking with it. Hormones doctor. Hormones. Yeah. <laughs> she's an hormones doctor. Yeah, she's very knowledgeable, and we met her at um, the Thriver She's So Hormonal po- yes. event. So, we yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but we just sat down with her a little bit later and had a real good chat about stuff Mm -hmm. and so anything you want to know about your hormones we probably covered hopefully hopefully so tune in see you next week bye
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.